0: So, what's behind the denigration of whiteness? That is a topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news that all people can be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host, and our website is thechristianworldview.com. Org. Well, thank you for joining us today here on the Christian Realview. You know, you've likely noticed in, in recent years how white-skinned people have become objects of derision by those on the left, politically, especially. Our founders are described as, quote, old, old white guys or, quote, white supremacists. And thus their statues, as we're seeing, need to be torn down. You have probably heard terms like, quote, white privilege and white dominance or white superiority or white supremacy, which are used to demean and guilt and shame whites, even if they don't have those characteristics of white supremacists, for all sorts of alleged societal sins. Now, a good example, as we just previewed a little bit last week on the program, of this disdain toward whiteness is found on the website of the National Museum of African American History and Culture, which is one of the taxpayer-funded museums of the Smithsonian Institution. There you will find a section on, quote, whiteness, with text and videos describing what is implicitly a malady. There's an infographic or a chart on, quote, aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States which has been now removed from the site after complaints, but you can still view it. We have it linked, uh, both the page on whiteness and also the chart on the assumptions of whiteness on our website, thechristianworldview.org. In that chart, which we'll go over a little more today, values like the nuclear family, uh, objective thinking, hard work, Christianity, and delayed gratification are associated, associated with whiteness and viewed as eh, kind of unremarkable qualities or even contemptible. So this weekend and perhaps next on The Christian Real View, we're going to examine why whiteness is denigrated and what God's Word said about, says about ethnic culture. Now, it's extremely significant, just in the lead-up to this discussion, to, to, to understand that the Bible never categorizes anyone by skin color or any group by skin color, as we talk about whiteness or blackness, the Bible never does that. It may categorize people by where they're from, let's say the the Amalekites, or uh, you know some other group of people, the Moabites, you know who their father was, their historic patriarchal father was. Uh, it may categorize them as whether they are a believer or a non-believer, but I can't think of one example in Scripture where skin color, as we're discussing today, like whiteness or some cultural characteristics surrounding a group's skin color, are ever mentioned or categorized. Think about that. What the conversation has become here in America is about skin color. This is something that is completely unknown in the Bible, the inspired Word of God. So just keep that in the back of your mind as we discuss this, this topic today. So we're going to really go over two things. Understanding white denigration. We're going to try to understand what these people are saying about denigrating whiteness. And then we'll understand try to understand what the Bible says about viewing this, this worldview of white denigration. So denigration basically means it's the action of unfairly criticizing someone or something. So such as... You'll hear these comments today like whites and white culture oppress people of color and therefore the white-dominated, white supremacist society that we live in uh, that perpetuates this must be dismantled and replaced with some sort of Marxist, multicultural, uh, utopian system. It's really critical race theory, which we've discussed previously on the program, which sees everything through the identity of one's skin color or ethnicity, and the fact that whether they're the oppressor or the the oppressed. And so beyond the issue of just skin color, the other oppressed groups would be homosexuals, transgenders, women, religious minorities, those who come from non-nuclear families. Those are the oppressed being oppressed by white, heterosexuals, Christians, males, that sort of thing. That's the that's the, the us versus them dynamic that is set up. So if you are white today and you don't see this problem of quote whiteness as the Smithsonian institution says, how it's negatively impacting our culture, you are part of the problem. If you are white and thus haven't been oppressed, you can't even understand the problem or have a voice on the issue. This is called the theory of lived experience. Okay, their lived experience, their their, their anecdotal experience in life is is there is true and therefore can't be pushed back against or if you are white you can make you the only way you can make amends for this culture of whiteness is by giving up your white privilege which is really a code for white power and becoming a quote ally to help people of color gain more power now this is done you can give up your white privilege and power by uh, propagandizing. You know, you can you can bring corporate diversity courses into your organization. Uh, you can engage in tokenism, which is really just quotas, having a greater representation of people of color on your board or in leadership, and so forth. Or you can just give money to those groups that are working uh, against what they call white privilege in this country. I recently saw on the website Airbnb, the the short term vacation rental website, very very popular. Uh, Website that they have a whole page on how they support Black Lives Matter, how they're donating money and so forth, and they're quote an ally uh, against the the issue of white privilege and uh, white racism in this in this country. But what what white denigration ultimately, to summarize the beginning here, what white denigration is really about is about dismantling white cultural influence, and it's not really white cultural influence. Much of what is based, much of what white cultural influence is, is actually based on the Christian worldview, as we're going to read in this chart. So back to this chart from the Smithsonian Institution, they have a museum called the National Museum of African American History and Culture. The Smithsonian budget is every year is a um, a billion dollars. It's taxpayer funded. And $32 million of that billion is for the National Museum of African American History and Culture. The Smithsonian is the largest museum center and research center in the world. There's 19 museums and galleries like the Air and Space Museums, the National Zoo, uh, other research facilities. This is a major organization in America. And they have this page, as I was mentioning, on their website uh, titled Whiteness. That's literally what the title of the page is. And they said... In that column, they say since yesterday, this is last week, certain content, which is this chart we're going to get into, in the Talking About Race portal, has been the subject of questions that we have taken seriously. We have listened to public sentiment and we have removed a chart that does not contribute to the productive discussion we had intended. Now, you wonder why they changed their mind. This chart apparently had been on there for some time until it was questioned. It was seen as part of their portal on whiteness. But anyway, the chart is still pretty widely available online, and you can look at it at our website, thechristianworldview.org. And it says in this chart on the aspects and assumptions of whiteness in the United States, white-dominated culture, or whiteness, refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes, and ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we have all internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. So there's a background. Now, again, again, implicitly here is that the things that that are going to be mentioned in this chart are you know the, the the characteristics the principles of what they call white culture and whiteness are unremarkable are aren't any better than any other worldview or, or system of operation and in fact probably implicitly they're actually negative so here as we go through the categories the the assumptions aspects and assumptions of whiteness we have first rugged individualism this is the individual is seen as the primary unit with regard to family structure, the nuclear family—father, and mother, uh, raising 2.3 children—as they say in the chart—is the ideal social unit. Well, where where does where does that come from? That comes directly from the Bible: God's institution of marriage and family—a father and mother raising children. I just want you to see how the whiteness they describe is many of these many of these characteristics are taken directly from the Christian worldview. Family structure: husband is the breadwinner and the wife is the homemaker. This, again, is taken directly from Scripture, where a wife is to be a keeper of the home, and typically the husband is the one who is the provider and the leader of the household, as they say, the head of the household. Again, implicitly negative, questioning uh, whether the whiteness and white culture, this is not a good thing, this is unremarkable, not something to be tried to attain to, but something to be dismantled. The emphasis on the scientific method, they say, is another aspect and assumption of whiteness like objective rational linear thinking of course again taken right from scripture based right on scripture that there's objective truths in the world jesus said i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me that's an objective truth claim it's either it's true or it's false it's not relative it's not applies differently to different people jesus said it himself it's 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 one way it's through him or not that's seen as, as whiteness, according to this particular graphic. Going down to the next category in these aspects and assumptions of whiteness, based on history, whiteness is based on Northern European immigrants' experience in the United States and the primacy of Western and Judeo-Christian tradition. Again, whiteness to them is pulled from, or it is pulled from, the Christian worldview the protestant work ethic is another category of whiteness that hard work is the key to success and that you work before play again sort of questioning whether that's really a good thing religion and this is interesting the category of religion by the way is is not wasn't on the original chart of the one at the Smithsonian museum chart there's other charts that are identical to this else, elsewhere that have the category of religion And as you read these bullet points under this category, it's very interesting. Religion, again, aspects and assumption of whiteness, that Christianity will be the norm, that anything other than Judeo-Christian tradition is foreign. And number three, there's no tolerance for deviation from a single God concept. Now, though those aren't aspects of whiteness. Those are aspects of Christianity. Again, whiteness is being conflated with christianity they, they go after whiteness because ultimately behind these white at least most of these these descriptions of of whiteness are principles and values that are based on the christian worldview we'll go next category on this chart is status power and authority if there's quote a respect for authority there's heavy value on ownership of goods space and property Again, that that pushes back against the the Marxist ideal that there shouldn't be private property. Future orientation. Whites plan for the future, and they delay gratification for time. They follow rigid time schedules, and time is viewed as a commodity. Again, right there based on the Christian worldview that we're to make the most of our time because the days are evil. I hope you're getting the point. As we go through this chart on whiteness and its values that are seen as eh, not so good, they need to be denigrated— All the values of, quote, whiteness, most of them at least, are pulled directly from a biblical worldview. The attack isn't so much on whiteness, the attack is on Christians and those with a biblical worldview. More after this.
1: The Bible says that children should be raised in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's nothing more important than sitting, walking, talking, and teaching your son or daughter to love and fear God. The church is swimming in children's resources, but it's ultra-important to select ones that accurately represent God, His Word, and the Gospel. At our store on thechristianworldview.org, we are intentional about offering resources that will build a sound and strong faith in children. You will find several Bibles for children, The Adam Raccoon book series and Good News for Little Hearts series. We also have video and audio resources like Theo and Sugar Creek Gang. Browse them all at thechristianworldview.org and then use them daily with the child God has put in your life. That's thechristianworldview.org.
0: The Christian Worldview radio program airs live Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. But did you know you can also listen according to your own schedule? One simple way to hear past programs is at our website, thechristianworldview.org. You'll also find short takes there, which are bite-sized highlights of each program. Beyond our website, you can search for The Christian Worldview in the podcast app on your smartphone and subscribe for free. The program is also available at OnePlace.com, SermonAudio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you need help navigating the online podcast realm, just give us a call toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or follow the links on the homepage of thechristianworldview.org. Because when believers have a sharper biblical worldview and non-believers come to saving faith, lives and families are changed for the glory of God. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us today on the Christian Real View radio program. As we discuss the topic, what's behind the denigration of whiteness? And what's behind it, just to, to give you the the answer to the end of the show is it's the denigration of biblical Christianity. Because as we've gone over this chart that we have linked on our website on the aspects and assumptions of whiteness in white culture. Just think about that. We mentioned last week. Think about if you would name that a different way. Aspects and assumptions of blackness in black culture. Do you think that would go over very well in our society? I don't think so. And so this, this, this chart is basically laying out, and and not all of it, by the way, there's some things on the chart, categories that they think are part of whiteness, like being number one, winning at all costs. That's not a biblical principle, winning at all costs, or uh, mastering people, or controlling nature. That's not a a biblical value. But I would say about 75% of what they deem whiteness in white culture is pulled directly from the Christian worldview. Uh, and, and, the, and the reason that is is because the white people that came over here from uh, Western Europe and England and so forth, they were seeking religious freedom, and they were Christians, and they were white. And so when they when they when they expanded and grew and multiplied, and they taught their kids, and they they were white. And oh by the way, they had a biblical worldview because they were largely Christians. And so it exactly makes sense. That's the way uh, white people in this uh, in this country. Not all, of course think and by the way you look at this chart i look at this chart and just think how insulting to people who aren't white who who may be black or hispanic or some other skin color i mean you mean they don't you mean other people like blacks or hispanics or someone else who's not white they don't they don't believe in the the individual or that they don't believe in the nuclear family or that that uh that hard work is you should work before play and that uh, there is no other um, there's no there's only one God in the world and and that time is should be viewed as a commodity and you plan for the future and you should delay gratification. I mean, how insulting is is that to think this is really just uh, only a these are characteristics of just white people and, and that's all else and, and nothing else. So anyway, you can take a look at the chart for yourself on our website, thechristianworldview.org. Matter of fact, I'd encourage you to go over it slowly and think about it. Are they really denigrating whiteness, or are they actually getting at biblical Christianity or or the Christian worldview? And I think you'll see that much of what that chart is about is about denigrating uh, Christian values and principles. So then you move on from the chart, which has been now removed from the Smithsonian site, and you get into the column, and the column is titled just simply Whiteness. And white, this column is still there. We have it linked on our website, so you can read for it, read, read it yourself. We, I just pulled off a few paragraphs to go over today in the program. It starts out by saying, whiteness in white racialized identity. And there's just so many different code words in this, so just try to hang on as you get through all this humanistic, man-based reasoning. Whiteness and white racialized identity refer to the way that white people... Their customs, culture, and beliefs operate as the standard by which all other groups uh, are compared. Whiteness is also at the core of understanding race in America. Whiteness and the normalization of white racial identity throughout American, America's history have created a culture where non-white persons are seen as inferior or abnormal. Now, I'd just like to ask the question... Where in the world and where in history has the majority ethnicity in a country not been seen as normal? I mean, for instance, if you go to China, the majority far Eastern Asian Chinese are going to be seen as normal in China. If you go to Africa, the majority black African culture is going to be seen as normal. I mean, that, that is just stating the obvious. So when you come to America, with a majority white population that's been influenced by the Christian worldview coming from Europe as a result of the Reformation and so forth, religious freedom, and they're going to have a a Christian and white perspective. So it, it, that, that shouldn't be surprising. The article goes on to say, This white-dominant culture also operates as a social mechanism that grants advantages to white people, since they can navigate society both by feeling normal In being viewed as normal. Persons who identify as white rarely have to think about their racial identity because they live within a culture where whiteness has been normalized. Thinking about race is very different for non-white persons living in America. People of color must always consider their racial identity, whatever the situation, due due to the systemic and interpersonal racism That still exists. Here's this thing that we talked about, the program of the charge of systemic racism, of which there is no evidence of that at all anymore in this country. Um, But if 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 I think about being white, uh, sorry, back to their point of saying people who aren't white have to constantly think about their identity in in when they're in a situation they're not in the majority skin color, Uh, of course. If you're white and you go to Africa, are you going to think about your identity of being, as being white of different than those around you? Of course, that's just normal. That's not sinful. That's just normal the way people, we, we, we look different. And so therefore, when we look different from all the people that are around us, we're going to think, well, you're going to notice it. It's not, that's not remarkable. The column goes on to say whiteness and its accepted normality also exist as everyday microaggressions. Toward people of color, acts of microaggressions include verbal, nonverbal, and environmental slights, snubs, or insults toward nonwhites, whether intentional or not. These attitudes communicate hostile, derogatory, or harmful messages. Now they give no examples of what these microaggressions are. Apparently, they're very small aggressions. But they call them microaggressions. But if this is true. Are there only microaggressions from whites towards blacks? Or in, in other cultures where there's majority of a different skin color, are there microaggressions of that majority toward whites? Why is it always a one-way street, and why are they never mentioned? And it goes on in the next category of white privilege. Since white people, and this is where it gets important right here, since white people in America hold most of the political, institutional, and economic power, remember that word, They receive advantages that non-white groups do not. These benefits and advantages of varying degrees are known as white privilege. In other words, power is privilege. So privilege is a softer word, but it really means power. For many white people, this can be hard to hear, understand, or accept. But if it is true, but it is true. If you are a white in America, you have benefited from the color (coughs) of your skin. Again, here's the, the equation here. If you're white, that means you have privilege. And if you have privilege, that means you have power. But the question is, are white people given things in our country just based on their skin color? I mean, you could make the case that blacks are disproportionately helped more than whites in this country with with, let's say, government welfare subsidies, uh, work subsidies, hiring, uh, you know, based on, you know, quotas and so forth, or companies that get jobs that are that are minority owned, they get jobs over white owned companies. I mean, I, I don't think there's any data that that could prove their point that white people get these privileges just on being white. I mean, I, I look at America, my view of America is if you work hard, obey the the law and pursue universal values such as punctuality and morality and fiscal and moral responsibility it doesn't matter what your skin color is you can succeed in this country and it's and it's been proven over and over and over again goes on to say being white does not mean you haven't experienced h- hardships or oppression being white does mean you have not faced hardships or oppression based on the color of your skin we need to be honest about the ways white people have benefited from racism so we can work toward an equitable fair and just society. Remember, equitable is different than equality. Equitable means you you have predetermined forced outcomes. Equality is equal opportunity. Equity is forced equal outcomes. Again, the charge of systemic racism is untrue. We've already covered that in the program so many times. Um, and it, it goes on and on from there. Now we'll get into more of it, but I want to also start playing some sound bites. Uh, to give you an idea of more of what this attack on this denigration of whiteness is about. Robin deangelo has written the most influential book on, on this whiteness in this country. It's called White Fragility is the name of her book. And here's how she starts out her message on what white fragility is.
2: I was socialized to see race as individual acts of discrimination and prejudice, individual acts that anybody could do to anybody else, and if you did those acts you were a bad person. And that is why since I saw myself as a good person, I didn't see myself as connected to racism. Uh, and certainly didn't see myself as connected to race. In other words, I didn't have a sense of a racial identity. Today I understand that I move through the world always and most particularly as a white person. I have a white frame of reference and I have a white experience. And part of being white is to have that be invisible to us and to be able to live our lives without ever acknowledging that, to see that as non-operative. I now understand racism as a system, as a deeply embedded system, a system that our country was founded on and that all our institutions were created out of. And every institution reinforces this system. And it's a system of unequal power.
0: Mm -hmm. This is what's being taught to all the educators in this country, everyone's reading this book by Robin DiAngelo, White Fragility. Remember the name of that book? It is influential in higher education, secondary education, all the way through. Everyone's reading this book. And this is the worldview they're being told, that America, every system in America, is is based on racism. And not only that, it's not about you. You're, 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 you're not a racist just by having an individual act of racism towards someone else. You're a racist just because you're part of the majority skin color in this country because you contributed. You're, you're part of the systemic racism that exists in this country. Think about that for a minute. Back after this. If you like
1: golf, you'll love playing in the Christian Worldview golf event at historic Woodhill Country Club in Wayzata, Minnesota, on Monday, September 21st. Golf registration includes lunch, range, and 18 holes with cart on one of the best courses in the state. Bring your own foursome, or we can fit you into a group. Hole sponsorships are also available. Shotgun start is 12.30 p.m. There won't be an evening dinner event this year due to indoor group restrictions, but golfers will enjoy the rare opportunity to play at Woodhill with its immaculate condition, challenging greens, and beautiful setting, all in support of the Christian Worldview radio ministry. We hope to see you on Monday, September 21st. Registration deadline is Tuesday, September 8th. To register, visit thechristianworldview.org. That's thechristianworldview.org.
3: Be sure to take advantage of two free resources that will keep you informed and sharpen your worldview. The first is the Christian Worldview weekly email, which comes to your inbox each Friday. It contains a preview of the upcoming radio program, along with need-to-read articles, featured resources, special events, and audio of the previous program. The second is the Christian Worldview Annual Print Letter, which is delivered to your mailbox in November. It contains a year-end letter from host David Wheaton and a listing of our store items, including DVDs, books, children's materials, and more. You can sign up for the weekly email and annual print letter by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. Your email and mailing address will never be shared, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Call 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org.
0: Back on the Christian Worldview radio program, I'm David Wheaton, the host. We're talking about why the denigration of whiteness taking place in our country right now. And again, it's important to To remind ourselves, what we said at the very beginning of the program, conversations or categorizing people based on their skin color is something completely foreign to Scripture. The Bible is written across a period of 1,500 years by 40 authors inspired by God. And never once could I think of one case in Scripture where the Bible does what is being done today in America, categorizing uh, people by the color of their skin and associating values to it, as the Smithsonian Institution has done here, with aspects and assumptions of whiteness in white culture. And again, the denigration, to answer the question of the topic of the day, why the denigration is because not so much, it is about attacking whiteness, because whiteness, to a large degree, not fully, you'll read this chart, you'll see many things in the chart are not part of a biblical worldview, you know, looking out for number one, win at all costs, those are not biblical values, um, of course. So, But many things in the chart, like the nuclear family and work before play and uh, using time well and and Christianity being the norm and there's no tolerance for deviation from a single God concept, these are biblical values. These aren't white values. Many people who are non-white have these same values. It has nothing to do with whiteness. So the attack is not on whiteness per se. The attack is on those of the biblical worldview. And so, the column on whiteness, which you can read by the way, and I would encourage you to read I'm just pulling this directly off their website. This is not making this up as I go here, just reading these quotes from them and playing audio sound bites of what they say, so we can better understand this conversation in our country being screamed all the time about white privilege and white supremacy and, and what's behind it the the What's behind it is that the the christian based majority culture that most whites have because they were influenced by it needs to go. And it's not an attack so much on white people so to speak as it is on uh attack on God. Rejecting God in his word is really where the attack is. Now, it goes on the the article goes on to cite in white privilege unpacking the invisible knapsack that's a book by scholar Peggy McIntosh. She writes white privilege And again, privilege means power, that's a code for power, is like an invisible weightless knapsack of special provisions, maps and passports and code books and visas and clothes and tools and blank checks. Here are some examples she gives on what white privilege looks like in a day-to-day living. I can, if I wish, if you're white, arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. But can't anyone do that? Anyone can choose to be in the company of those who look like them all the time. I can be pretty sure that my neighbors in such a location will be nat neutral or pleasant toward me. I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I won't be followed or harassed. I can turn on the television, from the front page of the paper and see people of my, wide, my race widely represented. Skipping down to the end, I can avoid spending time with people whom I was trained to. To mistrust, and who have learned to mistrust my kind or me. Again, let me read that again. I can avoid spending time with people whom I was trained to mistrust, and who have learned to mistrust my kind or me. I mean, trained to, what? What a libel against parents! I mean, were you trained to mistrust people of color? I mean, did your parents drill it into you that you should not trust anyone who's who's not white? I mean, what 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 a, what a libel that is! And that's exactly what uh robin d'angelo says again she's the author of white fragility a very influential book right now in this country she talks about her upbringing and how she was trained
2: my psychosocial development was inculcated in the water of white supremacy that is what i call this system i don't mean the kkk i mean a system in which whiteness and white people are central and seen as inherently superior than to people of color. My personality was formed in that water. My worldview was formed in that water. I didn't choose it. It isn't my fault. I'm not racked with guilt about it. But I am responsible for changing it because the default of our society is the reproduction of racism. It's built into every system and every institution. And if we just live our lives and carry on in the most comfortable ways for us, we will necessarily reproduce it. There is no neutral space. Inaction is a form of action.
0: You know, there's so much wrong with what she – it's actually just hard. when, When almost everything a person says is wrong, it's hard to kind of untangle that sort of flawed worldview. Uh, j- just from the very beginning and everything's I just I can't even imagine living my life um, in, in the prism of just thinking that life is all about your skin color and it's all systemically uh, racist toward non-white people um, and, and having that warped of a worldview. It really is truly. Amazing. It's not so amazing that she has this worldview because any given one person can be way out there and way wrong. The, the, really, the troubling thing is that her worldview expressed in that soundbite is the prevailing worldview uh, in much of our society now today, especially among those on the political and theological left, those in academia, uh, those in the entertainment industry, the, the, the influential institutions of our society believe exactly what she just said there with with no evidence of that in, in modern day America. But they still believe it. Just troubling. So um, she also goes on and this video, by the way, is is linked is not linked, but it's at the page that's linked on our website on, on whiteness on the Smithsonian institution. And In the column says the belief of white superiority has been part of the United States since its inception. The white and look look how they're described. The white European imperialists who settled here believed they were inherently superior to non-white groups. These beliefs justified atrocities like the genocide of Native Americans and nearly 250 years of African slavery. After slavery, white supremacist ideologies manifested into a series of laws that would limit the freedom of African-Americans known as Jim Crow laws or black codes. White supremacy and its legacy can still be found in our legal system and other institutions through coded language and targeted practices. Again, no evidence of that. I can't think of one law. I know of not one law in our society in 2020 America that targets black people that that tries to target them and and hold them down. I, I just, this is the freest and greatest country in the world that that uh you can no matter no matter your skin color you can percolate up and be successful in this country. Uh you know, if you if you work hard and play by the rules and obey the law, you're going to be able to to better where you are wherever you are today. Um it's just unbelievable this this worldview that's in this it's just a rewriting of history, and in, in it's gross overgeneralization. I mean, really, the Pilgrims and the Puritans—they came to America to be to be to, because they wanted to uh, to sow seeds of racism. They wanted to have racial superiority over the Native Americans. I mean, blacks weren't even here then. I mean, I mean it, it again—it's so wrong. It's, it's even difficult to untangle the lie that is made in paragraph after paragraph in this particular column from the Smithsonian Institution on whiteness. But now you know why, if you're looking outside and you're kind of wondering about the, the future of the country and you're concerned about it, now you know why uh, America is so divided, why, why famous people and athletes and why they seem just to hate this country. They bow before the, the uh, national anthem and so forth, thinking that well, I could never stand for the national anthem because this, this country is such a horrible country. I must protest the systemic racism in this country. But by the way, all those people stay here. They, they hate this country and they think we're systemically racist, but I don't see them moving elsewhere. They're free to go elsewhere, but they stay here in America. So now you know why the future looks so bleak. And as I was preparing for this topic, I began to realize that this whole issue of whiteness and the, the screaming and the riots on the street and defund the police and uh, it, it, all of it is there, there's such a deeper level to this than you might just gather than watching some building burning in uh, downtown Minneapolis. I mean, this has been so ingrained, this flawed and false worldview has been so ingrained in people today, in both whites and non-whites, that it, it, it's just there. there's no way unity or a future that looks bright can come out of this. When you start dividing people into individual groups like this, and creating division and setting one against the other, that doesn't lead to, to unity or reconciliation at all. And I think that's actually the point. They don't actually, they're not actually after reconciliation. They're, they're after power. And so when you create this, this great division, there's so much conflict, most normal people say, look, I've had enough. I, do, I just want to live a normal life. I want to go to work. I want to raise my family. That's all I want to do I st- stop the burning. What do I need to do to stop all this? And 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 that's where the transformation of society comes. They'll vote for change, leaders who will have change and have good-sounding, flawed philosophies, and how they can change society. And you know, we can get quotas of certain types of skin colors in certain areas, and we can you know do all this kind. Of, it's not going to help, but that's the point: is to dismantle the whiteness, which is the Christian worldview, and bring apart, bring about this Marxist revolution, which Black Lives Matter has so articulately presented on their website, how they want to disrupt the nuclear family, how they they want to introduce all this queer uh, values and so forth uh, in, into society, and that's exactly where they want it to go. That's what's behind the denigration of whiteness in this country. Okay, we're going to take our last break of the day here because we're probably going to have to do two weeks on this. There's so much more to get to and more sound bites, but we'll pl- try to get to some more soundbites from robin d'angelo in the last segment of the program today and then again you're encouraged to go to our website read these things for yourself and think about it so you can understand what's going on here also against the backdrop of scripture which never addresses skin color in any way as is being addressed today in america i'm david wheaton you're listening to the christian rule of your radio program much more after this The Christian Worldview radio program airs live Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. But did you know you can also listen according to your own schedule? One simple way to hear past programs is at our website, thechristianworldview.org. You'll also find short takes there, which are bite sized highlights of each program. Beyond our website, you can search for The Christian Worldview in the podcast app on your smartphone and subscribe for free. The program is also available at OnePlace.com, SermonAudio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you need help navigating the online podcast realm, just give us a call toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or follow the links on the homepage of thechristianworldview.org because when believers have a sharper biblical worldview and non-believers come to saving faith, lives and families are changed for the glory of God. Thank you for listening.
1: There's an abundance of Christian resources available, but the reality is that many of them, even some of the most popular, do not lead to a sound and strong faith. While there's only one perfect book... A key aim of The Christian Worldview is to identify and offer resources that are biblically faithful and deepen your walk with God. In our online store, we have a wide range of resources for all ages, adult and children's books and DVDs, Bibles and devotionals, unique gifts, and more. So browse our store at thechristianworldview.org and find enriching resources for yourself, family, friends, small group, or church. You can also order by calling toll free 188 646 That's one eight 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 six four six two two three three, 646 or visit the christianworldview.org.
0: Back on the Christian Worldview radio program. I was thinking during the break how much I really dislike even talking about stuff like this, talking about identifying according to your skin culture and your ethnicity and so forth. And the reason that is, is because it's so unbiblical. I, I, I hate having to dive into the, the cesspool of this humanistic, um, r- r- you know, just humanistic, man-based, godless ideologies. It's just, I, I don't even like it. But I think it's important to understand because this is what's driving the 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 unrest, uh, the conflict in this country. It's 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 the denigration of white culture, which we've made emphasize over and over today, much of what has been based on a Christian worldview. And so it's it's trying to transform the United States of America, as President Barack Obama said before he was elected, away from what they would call whiteness. To a new form of a society based on Marxism—that's really what's at the root here. Now, going on with this column on the from the Smithsonian Institution, it says racism. Uh, oh, up here, sorry, one one of higher direct and violent forms of racism that promote white supremacy have been on the rise in recent years. And I would say where. Where are all these white supremacy, uh, direct and violent forms of racism taking place? Of course, there are there are some, a handful you could probably mention. But where where is all this white supremacist out in the streets targeting people of color? I mean, there should be 100 examples of this in the last 10 years. Um, I like people to come up with some. There's, there's no examples given, but all, all I know is what I watched on the television set for the last couple months in this country, where not just blacks, by the way, half whites, were out protesting all this systemic racism in the country and, and burning down cities. So it, it's actually just the exact opposite of what's taking place. White supremacists are dominating the streets of our country. It's those who believe in this worldview of, quote, white, white denigration are dominating the streets of our country. These acts, supposed acts, are more directly linked to white nationalism. See all the code words here? White nationalism is a concept born out of white supremacy. A key difference is a focus on nationhood. White nationalists in the U.S. advocate for a country that is only for the white race due to feelings of entitlement and racial superiority. Who are these people? Who are these people except for some fringe people on the Internet who are advocating for a country that is only for the white race i I mean it's just it's if if it weren't so serious and such a lie, it, it would actually be laughable. They go on to say they also believe that the diversity of people in the United States will lead to the destruction of whiteness in white culture, hence the correlation to white supremacist ideology again. There it is again, the white culture based on much of it based on the Christian worldview what they deem what they deem whiteness is actually much of which is based on the Christian worldview. People are afraid of that, so you have a white supremacist ideology if you want to retain the culture in this country and not transition to some form of of marxism. Goes on to talk about internalization of whiteness. Again, this is the Smithsonian Institution, a taxpayer funded organization the largest in this country and this is the prevailing worldview that we're reading today on college campuses across the country in liberal media outlets like cnn mms MSNBC, the entertainment industry you see it now in the sports world everyone's no one's no one's standing for the national anthem anymore it's just been appropriated and assumed to be correct that we live in this systemically racist unjust Nation. It goes on to say racism is perpetrated by deeming whiteness as superior and other racial and ethnic groups as inferior. The prevalence of white dominant culture and racism leads to an internalized racial superiority for those who adhere to it. The internalized dominance describes the experience and attitudes of those who are members of the dominant privileged or powerful identity groups. Members of the dominant group accept their group's socially superior status as normal and deserved, so it, it it goes on and on. And frankly, I've had enough of reading it for today. And I think I'm just going to end with a couple of sound bites about what this ultimately is about. It talks about the the. It's, it's ultimately about the pushback against a Christian worldview, and it's ultimately about gaining power for those who don't have a Christian worldview. James Cone is a a, a black. Um, a liberal theologian who is now dead. He is an incredibly influential person, both theologically and and, and from a secular standpoint, uh, for uh, black power. And he understood when he was doing his writings, he was back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, when he was very prominent and influenced many people who are teaching in our seminaries today, even some of our biggest seminaries today, that everything is about distributing power. Now, listen to what he talks about, because when you hear white privilege, you're really hearing about white, white power and how that needs to be dismantled. Here's James Cone. Remember that name?
4: If you read me, I'm as hard on the black church as I am on the white church. It's just the white church got more power. They can do more harm. The more power you have, the more harm you can do. And that's why the white church need to be critiqued and white theologians need to be critiqued. It has to do with power. It has not to do with biology. And that's why the redistribution of power is so essential. If you're not talking about redistributing power, you're just joking around. You just want to feel good. It's not about feeling good. It's about distributing power.
0: Boy, he, he said in uh, 52 seconds what it took me about 50 minutes to get to. He said it far better than I could say it. It's all about redistributing power. And the power in this country is perceived to be those to be held by white people, but ultimately white people who have the semblance, I would say, in this country, at least a semblance of a Christian worldview. They did much more in the past, but a semblance of a Christian worldview. And it's about taking their power away and transferring that power, not necessarily to, to people of color. It could be to whites, whites who don't have that Christian worldview. That, that's what the goal and the attempt that is being made on this country is at this particular time in history. I hope you have gained understanding about why there is a denigration of whiteness in this country at this point in time. And I would encourage you to go and read these columns and see this chart for yourself and think deeply about it and compare it to what the biblical worldview is, about how the the Bible categorizes people, not as groups, not as groups of whites, but as individuals. It says, love your neighbor as yourself, not love your groups, love groups as yourself, love individuals as yourself, because each of us is an individual that stands before God, is created uniquely and individually by God, not primarily as an identity of our skin color, a born-with trait, but as a precious creation of God. And we should love our neighbor as ourself. Thank you for joining us today on the Christian Real View radio program. You can always hear the rebroadcast at different times by going to our website and finding stations to rebroadcast it or get the podcast for free. Uh, by going to thechristianworldview.org. We do live in a changing and challenging America. But there is one thing we can always trust in and count on, and we should always go back to. Jesus Christ and His Word. They are the truth, and they are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have a good weekend,
5: everyone. We hope today's broadcast turned your heart toward God, His Word, and His Son. To order a CD copy of today's program or sign up for our free weekly email or to find out how you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a weekly one-hour radio program that is furnished by the Overcomer Foundation and is supported by listeners and sponsors. Request one of our current resources with your donation of any amount go to thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233 or write to us at Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.